Welcome to Walker of Wars podcast. My name's Rachel and this is the podcast where we step behind the veil to take a look at some long lost and little known spooky stories and urban legends. There are many spooky stories surrounding Christmas. Probably the most famous of them is Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol with its ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. And while A Christmas Carol is entirely fictional, there seems to be some Christmas stories that aren't. Some of you may look up to the night sky on Christmas Eve and wonder if that flicker of light that you saw was Santa Claus making his way to all of the world's children. But was it Santa? Or was it something else? Christmas Eve 2011 brought some celestial magic for hundreds of people across Germany and nearby countries. Eyewitnesses reported seeing between one and three glowing orbs in the night sky, with tails variously described as white, red or green, depending on the location of the observer. Some thought that they might be seeing a UFO, or given the date and colour scheme, Santa and his sleigh. But the biggest clue about the mysterious object's identity came from the sequence of eyewitness reports. What they saw began as a large object that later broke into several smaller pieces, each with its own tail streaking out into an individual arc across the sky. The pattern is typical of objects re-entering Earth's atmosphere from orbit and burning up along the way. Experts at first suggested that what was being seen was either a meteorite or orbital debris, known as space junk. There are tens of millions of pieces of space junk in orbit, though only a fraction of them will be large enough to have created the site. The mysterious light was eventually identified as a piece of space flight history. A famous Soyuz rocket, according to a statement issued by the Royal Observatory of Belgium, the fireball observed above Belgium, the Netherlands, France and Germany on December 24th around 5.30pm was the re-entry of the third stage of the Soyuz rocket that transported a Dutch astronaut to the International Space Station. On Christmas Day 2017, around 1.30am, a person who wishes to remain anonymous was driving northwest of Montreal when they saw a bright light like a photo flash approaching. The object flew directly over the car according to the person who said it was a triangular shape and seemed to have three turbines below it. I could see one of them very well, and making out the turbine's metal or steel spikes, the person said. As it passed overhead, the person looked in the rearview mirror to see it again, but the object had vanished. Then there was the UFO seen over British Columbia on Christmas night in 2008. Witnesses saw a star-like light, like a satellite, moving from the south and travelling north, when it suddenly performed a loop-the-loop and went back to the south again, all within about 25 seconds. One of the most famous reports associated with Santa happened on December 11th, 1996 in Yukon, Canada. Though a bit early, several of the witnesses said that they thought they were actually seeing St Nick and his crew. A man was watching a TV when he noticed a long row of lights moving in the distance through a window. He later said he thought it was a 747 jet, but there wasn't a whisper of sound. The UFO consisted of four big balls of lights in a row, red, yellow in colour, with a little bit of blue. At the left and right hand side of this row of lights were smaller lights that were orange and green according to the report. The man called the rest of his family to have a look and his three children, the oldest of whom was six, declared it to be Santa and his reindeer. The UFO slowly drifted from left to right and appeared low just above the trees. There was also what appeared to be white sparkles dropping away from the base of the larger lights according to the report. More than 35 people reported the object but in the end the search for an explanation was given a boost by the Canadian Space Agency quite literally. Over the past few years, we've seen enough rocket launches and booster returns to know what one looks like. In fact, many rocket launches still catch out unsuspecting eyewitnesses who believe that they're seeing something extraterrestrial. But back in 1996, a rocket booster returning to Earth looked very much like something that was out of this world. 
probably one of the most famous Christmas UFO encounters took place on Boxing Day 1980. Rendlesham Forest is a 1500 hectare woodland in Suffolk with facilities for walkers, cyclists and campers. It's also bordered by RAF Woodbridge which at the time of the incident was used by the United States Air Force. Known as the Rendlesham Forest incident this is probably the UK's most well-known UFO sighting and has been documented by millions of previous podcasts and books. But because the story is Christmas themed we're going to tell it here. Rendlesham Forest is approximately 60 miles south of Norfolk on the southeastern coast of the United Kingdom. Part of the Suffolk coast and Heath's area of outstanding natural beauty, the forest is popular with tourists and locals alike thanks in part due to its proximity to the coast. There are a number of trails to explore both on foot and by bicycle and there are also facilities for camping. In 1943, a large area of the forest was cleared for the construction of RAF Woodbridge. The base was built to accept damaged aircraft that were returning from bombing grunts over Germany. While the base is currently MOD Woodbridge and rarely has aircraft stopping by, it was at the height of the Cold War is when our story takes place. The Cold War, a time when everyone was paranoid and the threat of nuclear war lingered in the air. At 3am on the 26th of December 1980, a security patrol near the east gate of RAF Woodbridge saw lights descend into the forest. At the time, there were no expected aircraft arrivals at the base, and if there were, they definitely wouldn't be landing among the trees. Thinking that it may well be a downed aircraft, servicemen headed into the forest to investigate. Among the trees, they found a glowing object which appeared to be metallic. Coloured light shone from the craft, and as they attempted to approach it, the object began to move through the trees. The animals on a nearby farm were worked into a frenzy by what was ever moving through the forest. One of the servicemen, Sergeant Jim Penniston, later claimed that the object was one of unknown origin. At 4am on Boxing Day morning, the day which British people called 26th of December, the local police were called out. A report on the Suffolk Police website dated 26th of December 1980 reads as follows. We have a sighting of some unusual lights in the sky, have sent some unarmed troops to investigate. We are terming it as a UFO at present. Air traffic control West Dayton checked. No knowledge of aircraft. Reports received of aerial phenomenon over southern England during the night. Only lights visible in this area were from Orford Lighthouse. As the sun rose and day broke, the servicemen returned to the forest to see if the craft had left anything behind. They were in luck as they found burn marks, broken branches and three imprints in the ground in the shape of a triangle. In the early hours of December 28, 1980, Lieutenant Colonel Charles Holt visited the site with several servicemen. They took radiation readings in the triangle depressions and in the surrounding area using an ANPDR-27, a standard US military radiation survey meter. Although they recorded 0.07 millirogens an hour, in other regions they detected 0.07. 03 to 0.04 per hour, which is around the normal background level. Furthermore, they detected a similar small burst over half a mile away from the landing site. It was during this investigation that a flashing light was seen across the field to the east, almost in line with a farmhouse, as the witnesses had seen on the first night. According to Holt's memo, three star-like lights were seen in the sky, two to the north and one to the south, about 10 degrees above the horizon. Holt said that the brightest of those hovered for about two to three hours and seemed to beam down a stream of light from time to time. The Rendlesham Forest incident became widely known as the UK's Roswell, a moment in time when something strange happened, which would later on be explained away. Which is why we're here today. The incident has mostly been explained. The lights have been attributed to the lighthouse out at sea, as well as particularly bright stars. The triangular marks on the ground are believed to have been made by animals, and the broken branches were from normal animal and human movements through the forest. So far, so good, right? Everything's been debunked, and the story is not as spooky as people first believed it to be. 
but it's not over yet. The craft that landed in the forest was apparently tracked on radar by RAF Watton, approximately 50 miles to the north of the landing site. They reported that they were tracking an unidentified flying object and did so until it disappeared. While the Ministry of Defence has denied that this ever happened, the tracking of the craft was widely reported by the media in early 1981. Hoax? Or were the MOD trying to cover something up? There is strong evidence for the light coming from the nearby lighthouse, and the photos of the locations of witnesses compared to the lighthouse can be found across the internet. However, in recent years, a new explanation has come to light, one which allows us to toss away the various debunkings, at least for the moment. In 2020, a book was released which catapulted Rendlesham Forest back into the realms of the strange. No longer were people talking about lighthouses and stars being the culprit behind the sightings. Now they're talking about the government, the British government no less, being the source of the sightings. How? Well, settle back with your mulled wine and your mince pies and I'll tell you. According to the UK's National Trust, an entity created to look after some of the country's most beautiful areas, Orford Ness, which is approximately seven miles from Rendlesham Forest, hasn't always been home to just a lighthouse. The National Trust website says the 1950s saw the construction of specialised facilities to exploit a new post-war technologies such as nuclear power. Automatic Weapons Research Establishment Orford Ness was one of a few sites in the UK and indeed the world where purpose-built facilities were created for testing the components of nuclear weapons. At the height of the Cold War, AWRE and the Royal Aircraft Establishment used Orford Ness for developmental work on the atomic bomb. In 1968, work started on the top-secret Anglo-American System 441A over-the-horizon backscatter radar project, finally codenamed Cobra Mist. The Anglo-American project, whose main contractor was the Radio Corporation of America, was set up to carry out several missions, including detection and tracking of aircraft, detection of missile and satellite vehicle launches, fulfilling intelligence requirements and providing research and development testbeds. In fact, the area has been used for top-secret research since at least the 1930s. The rest of the southern part of the UK isn't immune to this research. Porton Down, roughly 200 miles southwest of Rendlesham Forest, is home to much of the UK's chemical weapons research, up to and including testing hallucinogenics on servicemen. Sometimes the servicemen were willing participants in the research, and sometimes they weren't. Concerning these tests, in 2005, the Guardian newspaper had the following to say about someone who took part in them. 50 years ago, Eric Goh had a baffling and unexplained experience. As a 19-year-old sailor, he remembers going to a clandestine military establishment where he was given something to drink in a sherry glass and experienced vivid hallucinations. So the new theory surrounding Rendlesham Forest is that what the servicemen saw at 3am on Boxing Day morning wasn't a UFO, nor was it the light from a nearby lighthouse, but was a hologram using technology that we're now become so familiar with. Coupled with possible doses of hallucinogenics, the aim of this experiment was apparently to see how far the human mind could be pushed and how much of it it would accept as being in the physical. Acclaimed UFO author Jenny Randalls also appeared to have the same thing to say and had this on the subject matter. This is a device which manipulates the subatomic basis of matter at a quantum level and builds a bridge between mind and physical substance. If I understood it correctly, this supposedly stimulated mind into having hallucinations but at the same time created physical effects in the real world which could take on a semblance of the appearance of the hallucinated images. Exposing military personnel to advanced hologram-based technology in those woods and late at night would have been the perfect way of gauging just how successful the manufactured visions could achieve their goals. 
Those goals were the creation of holographic UFOs that could interact with not just the environment, but with those who were in its presence too. So what would be scarier? An actual UFO in the forest in the early hours of a winter's morning? Or your own government making believe that you'd seen and interacted with a UFO? I'll let you decide. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the ever-evolving tale of the Rendlesham Forest incident, a story which continues to grow nearly 50 years after the event. If you enjoyed these stories and like things that go bump in the night, please feel free to check out our website at www.roswellpublishing.co.uk. I hope that you all have a very Merry Christmas and a lovely New Year. May your 2023 be full of the things that you love and some pleasant surprises. Until we meet again, keep watching the skies.